All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck nicks? What the fuckaholics? This is Mark Marin. This is WTF. I am still in New York. It is thick, man. It is thick in New York City. But it's weird. I haven't been here alone in a long time, and I love it. I love going out in the street when it's disgustingly humid and just seeing how it completely beats everyone down. There's nothing like walking through New York City in the middle of summer where people, their, their clothes are exhausted, their hair is exhausted, their shoes are tired. They look like they have given up. Everybody looks like they're on a walk of shame of some kind. And for some reason to me, it's very, it's, it's bonding. I'm like, look at it. We're all exhausted and we've all had enough. And we're just kind of plodding through the day. And also because of the humidity, it, it, it creates a, a, an almost kind of a, a zombie-like effect in you. you I, I don't know what it would feel like to be a zombie, but you, you kind of slow down. And because I don't get high anymore and I don't do drugs and I don't drink, there's a kind of euphoria to the type of exhaustion that humidity causes. So I'm thrilled to be in New York in the middle of this disgusting summer. And I know it's going to get worse. And I do feel bad for New Yorkers that they're going to have to go through that. Today on the show, I have the amazing Cheech and Chong. I couldn't have been more excited to talk to them in my garage. I couldn't even believe it was happening. I mean, come on, Cheech and Chong. Are you kidding me? Who doesn't love Cheech and Chong? How can you not love Cheech and Chong? I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about the experience and about my my past experience with Cheech and Chong, because I think like not unlike a lot of us, I, I mean, Cheech and Chong was one of my first exposures to comedy. One of the first records I had as a human being was was uh, Los Cochinos, 1973. That's about when I had that record. That was the first record I got. And then later I got Big Bamboo and then I got the wedding album and I had Sleeping Beauty and then I drifted off. But man, me and my brother sitting around that little record player, the kind that was all, all one, and you, it, it looked like a briefcase, a little briefcase record player, listening to Los Cochinas. I can't even remember what the cut, I, I think class, class, shut up. Oh, up his nose, up his nose it goes. Remember, Chabornik, the dog poop bit? Oh man, it was great. And that was one of the first times I ever heard, uh, uh, heard comedy being done. And also, Jimmy Walker said an interesting thing to me. He said that, uh, yeah, that Cheech and Chong really the ones that broke open modern comedy on album. And I never put them into historical context. And I'll tell you, I had one of the greatest conversations with these guys. I, I, I think about it a lot since I've done it. And it was just sweet because I was so surprised at their story. And I think you're going to dig it. But let me just tell you a little bit what's going on with me, if I could, uh, if you're still listening, and I think you should be. Uh, I'm going to be on David Letterman's show tonight. I'm also going to be on the Craig Ferguson show tonight. This New York trip that turned out to be sort of a fluke and a mistake turned out it's lucky I did it. I was supposed to tape Letterman on Wednesday for Wednesday night. Then they decided that they were going to try to get a hockey player, I believe. So they wanted me to tape Tuesday to run on Thursday night. Now, the weird thing about this whole thing was I came down here, as you know, a couple days early because of the problem in Buffalo. So I decided that I wanted to do a version of the Mel Brooks story that some of you know uh, from my podcast. And I've done it on stage a couple times, but I thought it'd be a great way to sit with Dave for the first time uh, doing panel and, you know, connect with him and, and, and have a nice through line. But that story runs about 10 minutes. So what I did was I went out to a couple of comedy rooms. I went out to... Uh, 
to Littlefields in Brooklyn, the Wyatt Cenac show, and he put me on, and I tried to trim that story down. This is sort of the work of a comic, and it's, it's certainly the work of a comic that has to do with television appearance. If you're doing stand-up on television and you got to do four and a half minutes, that's hard, especially if you, it takes four and a half minutes for you to even get an audience to like you, like myself. So to cut down an, uh, an actual conversational story, I had to shave about five minutes off that thing. So I went to a Wyatt's show, and uh, that was very exciting because I did the set and Questlove was hanging around uh, and uh, Wyatt had to do a show. I went to the UCB after that and Wyatt was going to go with me and Questlove was hanging out. So we all went in Questlove's car and, you know, you know me, I mean, around musicians, I, 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 it's a whole other world for me. And I was thrilled to be able to hang out and talk to him and hopefully we'll get him on the podcast. But then I went to that other show and I tried to trim it down even more. Now, the ironic thing about what happened for me leading up to the Letterman is there's this comic, Adam Newman, he's a New York guy, and he was running his set to do his first Letterman for the Thursday night show. So he was going to tape on Tuesday. And at the time I was running my set, I was taping Wednesday. So I told him, I met him for the first time and I told him that's why I was in town. And he told me, yeah, yeah, he's doing it. You know, he's going to be doing it Tuesday for Thursday. And I'm like, great. And he's asking me for some pointers. You know, he's doing stand up for the first time. And I, and I told him to look at the camera and, to, you know, if he thought to and, you know, and to pace and, you know, not worry about it because the audience is so hot. So we had this nice conversation. I'm helping him out. And then I get the call the next day that they want to put me on Wednesday. So I'm like, who'd they bump? And then uh, my manager says they bumped uh, Adam Newman. I'm like, oh, my God. I feel so horrible. This guy's doing his first Letterman set. And I, and I just met him and I'm the guy that bumps him. I had no control over it, but I felt bad because I know how that feels. It's hard not to be pissed off when you get bumped because you get so jacked up. And I genuinely felt bad for this guy. Uh, but they gave him another date and he was cool. I interacted with him on Twitter, but I, I, I knew I wasn't the enemy. But if I were him at that point in my career, I, it would have been hard for me not to hate me. <laughs> Honestly, it's still hard for me not to hate me. Different context, but you know what I mean. So the experience of doing Letterman was that like, I now didn't have another day. I was told I was doing it that afternoon. I luckily had bought a, a, a sports jacket and a shirt. And I'm familiar with this, you know, the setup over there. And we went over, my manager and I, and you literally go up in the tower of the Ed Sullivan Theater, the dressing room. I don't know where it is, but it's like on the sixth floor. And the stage entrance is down on one. So you're like, you're in this little tower, in this little room, and you, you have no sense that you're really in a theater. You know, there's a monitor there, there's some cookies, and I'm hanging out, and you wait, and you watch the show. And I'm on the show with Johnny Depp, and I'm sitting in that room, I'm dressed, I'm jacked, I'm watching Dave. I know it's the second show he's taping today, because they, they do that, they do two shows in one day. And, you know, I know it, it's probably tiring, and I'm watching him, I'm trying to get a sense of his energy. And you got to understand, I've, I've loved David Letterman since, uh, since he came on television. And then he brings Johnny Depp out for two segments, uh, which is fine. He's Johnny Depp. I get it. But they, they talk about the, really the, because of the Lone Ranger and Tonto, they get involved in a conversation that's really about the genocide of the Native American people in this country and the decimation of their cultures. But it was, it was pretty heavy. Yeah, you know, and Depp was talking about how he tried to, you know, honor the Native Americans, how he spent time with Native Americans, that his portrayal of, you know, El Tonto was a, uh, you know, a heartfelt tribute on some level of how he would really want to pay tribute to the Native American people. I mean, they could have had a Native American play Tonto, but that didn't come up. But nonetheless, it was it was some heavy shit. 
But now, like, right when Johnny gets done, you know, I got to go on. And Biff is supposed to come get me. So Biff get, comes up and he's like, you ready? And I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. And then the elevator's not there. Like, we got to wait like three minutes for the elevator. I'm like, you know, I guess they're going to wait for me. So we're in the elevator. And then someone radios Biff. It's like, where are you? And Biff says, we're, 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 we're coming out, but we're not. We're still three fours away. And then they hear the guy in the other line go, 30 seconds. And Biff's like, okay. And I'm like, wait, you were 30 seconds till I'm going on? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, we're not even there yet. So it was crazy. So we, we get off the elevator and we're counting down 15, 14. And I'm like set up. I'm right backstage there. And then I hear him do my intro and then all the, the applause is happening. And then I'm just, I'm walking out. Literally like 20 seconds after I got off the elevator, I wait two seconds with Biff. And then I walk out on stage and there I am sitting next to David Letterman for the first time in my life looking him right in the face. I was nervous and I was raw and I wanted to connect with David Letterman. And I felt like, you know, once I got the story going, he asked me about podcasts and whatever. And, but it was a very genuine conversation. I was just, I was thrilled that, that there was some real engagement. You know, a lot of times you get caught up in the pace because everything gets very heightened when you're out on stage and there's cameras, you, you know, you'd like to think it's just you talking to a guy, but we're in the Ed Sullivan Theater. There's about four or 500 people there. You can barely see them. You see cameras. You see Dave. It's heightened. Yes, I'm just talking to a guy, but it's show business. You know, I've done it enough to where I'm comfortable like that, but you get that feeling that everything, every moment is just lit up. Every moment is electric when you're sitting there engaged on television and you're talking to David Letterman. And I was nervous. I, you know, I, I, I think that if you look closely, you might even be able to see my handshaking a little bit. And I'm not a handshaky kind of guy. But I got laughs and I think it went good. And he seemed very happy. And the people there seemed happy. And I, and I felt thrilled. Yeah, and, you know, I walked out of there and, and just right out onto the street. And there were hundreds of people uh, waiting outside the stage door, uh, clearly to see Johnny Depp. But that's okay. I, I walked qui quietly away. And, you know, walked back towards my hotel with my manager and one guy came up and said, will you sign my picture of you? Uh, you know, the subtext of that is so one day maybe I can sell it for something on eBay. But it was nice. And then I went out to dinner uh, with my buddy, Brendan. Uh, we went to Scarpetta and uh, Mr. Conan took care of us. And it was a it was a nice night in New York. And I hope you enjoy that show. And, uh, you know, while you're listening to this today, I'm probably taping the Craig Ferguson show and I'll try not to wear the same outfit. Okay, we good? Let's talk to Cheech and Chong. Yeah, you know, I, I got to be honest with you, man. It's, uh, it's a fucking honor <laughs> to have you guys in here. Yeah, I know. I know. I was listening to the <clears throat> records. I got the old records. I listened to, uh, when I was uh, probably about 13 or 14, Los Chochinos. Me yeah. and my brother used to sit there and listen to that. Sure. And uh, but you know what really sparked me my excitement recently was I was talking to Jimmy Walker. Uh huh. JJ Jimmy. Yeah. JJ Jimmy yeah. Walker. And we're you know I get a lot of guys in here talk about comedy. Bud Freeman, everybody. You know. Uh, you know Jimmy, Richard, Lewis, all those guys. And he said that you guys were the guys. Like because a lot of people uh, say like Carlin or Robert Klein or whatever. And he said no man. Nah. Cheech and Sean <laughs> changed the entire fucking game. Yeah. Because uh, those records made college kids like stand up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. You know. Now, what year was that first record? 72. 72 was the first one. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, and you guys, like I used to do that. I was a doorman at the comedy store. So you guys, oh, really? yeah, back in uh, 86, 87. But you know, they got all those pictures over there. Were you uh, uh, there with, with Kennison? My experience with Kennison was I did my graduate work in chopping lines uh, for <laughs> Sam. So, you know, my job was stri- strictly like, do you got the shit? All right, so and I'd chop it yeah. and then I'd hand it back over to him yeah. and then he'd share it with everybody else. So I was, uh, that was how I did uh, my work with Sam Kennison. And, and Mitzi was coherent. At that time. She was, yeah, she was still coherent enough to tell me when I, audition for her that I should wear a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Kennison moved in next door to me at the beach. Oh, really? Yeah. In Malibu? In Malibu. Oh, how was that for you? Did you have to call the cops? No, I, I never <laughs> told him that he'd live next door to me <laughs> because because there was like a, a, a wide field, a big wide field and then yeah. like the next house is like, you know, right. half, not even a quarter so, mile away. Yeah. You know? So that was his house. So right. I didn't need no 4 a.m. calls. Either. You got a cup of dope? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing, man? You up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, so what's your... You grew up... Both of you grew up here? You know, you didn't grow no, up here, I, but you I, grew up around here? I grew up right here. Where we're, we're talking in Highland Park. I, yeah, my uh, my parents lived in Highland Park for a minute before uh, we moved to South we're, Central. Oh, we're, we're, the, we're, you moved up in the good neighborhood. Were they in the Highland Park gang? Uh, no, I was uh, two. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no, but your parents. Oh, yeah. They were the Highland Park gang. <laughs> that was all of them. Los Highland Park gangos. Yeah. Uh, no. the, the avenues. The avenues. The avenues. Are, yeah. the avenues that's the one. That's yeah, the they're house. out here. My well, dad was a policeman. I was explaining to my son when we were driving here, yeah. you know, that Highland Park. Are you kidding? He says, is this East L.A.? I said, don't ever tell anybody no, no, from no. Highland Park <laughs> that this is East L.A. <laughs> oh, no. This what, is what was your, what, how many kids in your family, though? Uh, there was me and my three sisters. I had twin sisters and then a younger one. What did your old man do? He's a cop. Really? LAPD, 40 years. 30 the whole, years. The whole time? The whole time. Yeah. Holy I shit. told you he was in a gang. <laughs> yeah, he was in a gang. My, my <laughs> uncle, Rudy, the biggest was, gang. The, yeah. was the head of the gang. He was the he was the first Chicano captain of LAPD. No kidding. And the east the station in Hollenbeck. It's now named after him, the Rudy De Leon Station. No kidding. I, I dedicated it. So it, now you didn't grow up here? No. Where'd no. you grow up? In Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Oh, my God. Yeah, Sergeant Preston. <laughs> Calgary, Alberta. I've been up there. Not north, a lot. Not, yes, North LA. Yeah, yeah, very north. <laughs> not a lot going up up in Calgary, though, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, lots. lots. Sure. When there's a when there's nothing to do in a town, that's mean that means there's tons to do. Yeah, because <laughs> you got to make your own shit up. Well, it's all illegal, you know. Yeah, it's all <laughs> it's all under <laughs> you know yeah the, the underbelly of the. the Christian uh, right wing area. Yeah. He, Did fa- you, he found the only black people in Alberta and yeah. hung out with them. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Well. Yeah. True. Did you? But you didn't start. You started in music. Yeah, I started in music. Yeah, really young. I was about ten years old when I started playing guitar. Guitar. Yeah. And and the dream was to be a musician. Uh, no, the dream was to get a beer. Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> no, the dream was to. Um, yeah, actually, I, I was I was a good backup guitar player, yeah. so I always had people asking me to play and back yeah. them up. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I I I never really wanted to be a lead guitar player. Right. And so I, I, I really didn't decide I wanted to be a musician until my 11th, until uh, grade 11, uh-huh. when I was having a hard time with algebra. Yeah, sure, man. <laughs> got to get out of that shit. And I said, Math nah, ain't going to help me. No. Nah. <laughs> nah, I, I got to hit the street. I got I want to be a blues player, so I, I got to get into the ghetto as soon as I could. So yeah. you, you went to the ghetto of Calgary, Alberta? Well, actually, the... I got kicked out of Calgary. Yeah. Uh, this long story, but I ended up in Bangkok. Vancouver. 
That's a good town. That was the good. The long story is they told him to leave town. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mayor. We've all decided. The elders yeah, yeah. of uh, Calgary, Alberta. No, what, ha- what happened? Yeah. I, I w- I've always been community-minded, you know. Sure. Since I was really young. I don't know. It was just something in me. So uh, when we, we, we started a band, but we had nowhere to play. Yeah. And so I was kind of hooked in with this boys club of Calgary. Sure. And so I said, uh, you know, then they said, well, you should start your own teen club. Yeah. And, and so I started. the last words. <laughs> so, so, so I started a, a, a teen club. Yeah. A dance club. Yeah. And we got the Legion Hall in Calgary. Yeah. To play every uh, Friday and Saturday. That's a regular gig. If we only had a teen center, man, we wouldn't get in trouble, you know? <laughs> and that's what it was. We had a teen center. Yeah. But what happened? Yeah, we got so popular because we played. We we didn't just just play. you playing top forty stuff or what? No, we didn't play rock and roll. We played rhythm and blues. Oh, okay. Because I had a black uh, singer. Yeah, and and the porters that worked the trains used to bring the records up from the states. Right, they were called race sure. music. Sure, it wasn't uh, there wasn't sold in, in stores, and so we learned all the Bo Diddley and. And, oh, sweet man! Eventually, Chuck Berry, but it started yeah. out with Bo Diddley and, and Muddy Waters and oh, all yeah, those tunes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like pre Rolling Stones. The Rolling yeah. Stones were going to the same thing. And the England, same but thing, this right? Was like yeah, five we were before that. Yeah, five years earlier. And so we had this killer band. Yeah, and we were playing what what everybody thought was original music because they'd never seen it before, and it was a teen club. And so we were immune from prosecution from the cops. <laughs> so, but the, you mean from uh, segregation and stuff? No, no, from the the police. Yeah, because you know, anytime you open anything right. in Calgary, they close you down. You know, because you're a public nuisance. Right, but the kids, the kids are having a your good black time. guys hanging the out with teenage girls. You <laughs> yeah, know, that's what they yeah, do. Yeah, and and so what would happen? We would play uh, the dance. Yeah, and then after the dance. We'd have uh, the hordes of teenagers with nothing to do. Sure. In Calgary, there's nothing to do. The only thing you could do was find uh, where a girl was babysitting, yeah. call it a party, yeah. and 300 <laughs> people would show up and just devastate the house <laughs> yeah, sure. with the booze and, yeah, and yeah. be fighting on yeah. the lawn yeah, and be yeah. fighting inside the house. Sure. The kid that their babysitting's gone. <laughs> that, oh, everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and so the so the mayor, the, the cops... Tr- couldn't close us down because we were a teen club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were a chartered teen club. What'd you, what'd but you everybody want? got along really well. You know, the race relations were really good. They like, say stuff like, hey, Darkie, you got to yeah. like me. <laughs> oh, yeah, there was that. Well, Calgary is a hotbed for, for racism. Well, it's a cowboy town, right? It's oh, yeah. yeah. Those, yeah. Those days. I've been up there. Still, still like that. What yeah. What was your dream initially? I mean, what, how'd you get in? You know, what were you going to do? How'd I was... You, I I was I was a, a little Catholic schoolboy. Yeah, and uh, and but I was always into music. I mean, the first time I was in the like the the school play, the Christmas pageant for in kindergarten, I yeah. played the kettle drum. Yeah, and you couldn't and a big star <laughs> yeah. on my head, big like yeah. star like that with a with paper yeah. band, and, right. and I was supposed to, be, and all you could see is little hand coming over, boing <laughs> boing <laughs> boing, and that's a ha oh, man. And as soon as the lights hit me, I knew hey, show business is for me. <laughs> and so I, but I was a singer early, and and uh, I made my. First record when I was five years old. What 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 was the song? Was it in Spanish? Yeah, Amorcito Corazón. Amorcito Corazón. Yo tengo tentación de un beso. Yeah. So it's sort of bizarre to me that you know both of you. We you know you you were you had music dreams. Yeah. yeah. 
And then you ended up like, I mean, how did you end up not being the Rolling Stones? I mean, Tommy, I mean, it sounded like you were you were on the cutting edge there. Well, I, I was never musically trained, you know, uh, properly trained. I was I, I I learned everything by ear. Right. And so even the band, we never knew enough music to count the tunes in. We'd just look at each other and say, ready? Okay. And then we'd start the music. Right. And then we were so good that that summer... Uh, we got offered a gig at Boness Park in Calgary. Sure. In fact, we we took out uh, Gordy Schultz's Gordy band. Gordy Schultz's band. <laughs> Gordy Schultz. Who the hell is Gordy Schultz? Gordy Schultz is the guy that Cheech met when he was up in Calgary. Yeah. yeah. I moved to Calgary. Wait a minute. So, all right. So this is yeah. where the magic starts, right? Yes, yeah. it is. So what, you're you're for, you're a, a, a LA guy. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going to Canada? Yeah, I was in college and my last semester, yeah. and I got heavily involved with the draft resistance movement and became one of them. And and so I turned in my draft card, and I didn't recognize the authority over me, and I, I did a lot of uh, demonstrations at the draft board. And What, 66? This is 67, 78, right? 67, 67? 68, I think I graduated. Did you go march and shit? <laughs> no, we, we, we'd go naked in, in the... <laughs> <laughs> we'd, we'd go on the draft board, a uh, draft uh, yeah. uh, induction yeah. center downtown right. Broadway, and we the night before we take acid and, and paint ourselves body, <laughs> drop acid, not bombs, LBJ, kiss here, yeah. put arrows pointing your butt, and yeah. and uh, and so we, we'd get in there, yeah. and uh, they would start their talk, and we would at some point. Uh, take off all our clothes except for our cowboy boots and our underwear right. and go running around the draft center tell hey you don't have to go and so they didn't they frowned on that so the, you you down here yeah. because you were in Los Angeles the whole drug culture was like on you oh, I mean, oh yeah it, yeah. Was, it was exploding and how old were you in 67 Six, I was you know I was 17 20, no, oh. 67 I was 21 20 I was just my last semester of college so you dropped a lot of the good acid yeah really good acid uh, well what happened is as I, I, w- I was I took a pottery class my last last semester and it was just to fill in the thing in I, high school no in college okay in college. yeah and I'm and I'm uh, uh to just meet a, a chick, wouldn't it? Yeah, it was to meet a chick. <laughs> I'm standing in line, you know, to like to fill out my card, and, and this really cute chick had my eye on. Yeah, and she yeah. goes, I said, she, I said, what are you taking? She goes, oh, I'm pottery. You should take it with me. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. And so I did, and then, but I was always an artist in search of a medium, sure. And I couldn't draw, and so I was, I got into pottery, and my Mexican jeans came bursting out, man. Like I, I flipped out. I was, I just. Pottery was my deal, and I quit everything else, quit my job, quit all my classes, and just made pottery like 12, 15 hours a day. On the wheel. On the wheel. Spinning that shit. Spinning the shit. And then I got in really tight with my professor, and we used to, he used to, he saw I got a live one in the corner, man, so he gave me the keys to the, <laughs> keys to the thing, the, the, the pottery lab, and I yeah. would just, and so anyways, uh, that coincided with, with uh, all of a sudden, the first draft resistor started getting sentenced to yeah. eight years in Leavenworth. Right. And uh, and so because they, Hershey was director of the draft, issued this directive that anybody who did any of the things that we did yeah. would be immediately reclassified, drafted, and sent to Vietnam, the front lines of Vietnam. That Jeez. was that was his take. So it was totally illegal, right? You know, but I have to you know, I have to go through this crap. And so I said, nah, I'm, I'm splitting. And so my teacher said, Well, I got this ex student up in Canada, and you might be able to help him. So that was said the journey. But he was in outside of Calgary. Wow. So yeah. who was the ex-student up there? His name a... was Jerry Kaufman. So you were going to go help him be in his pottery yeah, studio? Yeah, yeah. He was going to start a pottery studio. So I went up to help him. And he had a wife and a kid. And, and you know, I, I'd, 
I'd never seen snow before. <laughs> Much less 50 below. And any snow they sell, they pile it on their car. Yeah, <laughs> like a little snowman, like a hood ornament. You go up to Big Bear and you come back and be melted by the time you yeah. got down to the bottom. And so I, so I, I, would, I did that. And it was like in the outside of, it wasn't even in Calgary. It was outside of Calgary, yeah. like Brad Creek. And uh, so, so I, I, I was his assistant. And then when I, we got his pottery together, he couldn't afford to hire me. So right. he said, well, there's this other potter who lives back, you know, 11 miles back in the, in so the you, mountains. you were being turned out by the pottery guy. Yeah. He, he, you know, this kid will work for nothing. Sir. So he got, he said, there's this other guy and his name was Edra Hanschek and he was a very famous potter. He'd won the Bicentennial Exhibition Award the year I got there. He says, maybe he needs an assistant. So that's all I needed. I got up in the morning, put my boots on, started walking. You were a pottery guy. I was a I I just, uh, you know, I was the, 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 in the Zen zone, you know. Do you have any of the pots? You oh, made? yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, do, you, yeah. do you ever get the urge to get on the wheel? And yeah, but I lay down and it passes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's. So you, right. you you had a studio one time. I did at Malibu when I moved. My my wife put got a studio, bought me a kiln and a wheel. And it's just it's so time intensive. You yeah. know, you got to be there. You got to throw the pots. You got to dry them. You got to bisque. And you got to have nothing else to you do. Gotta, you got to have nothing life. else to <laughs> do because you got a kiln. You got yeah, you yeah. got stuff in the kiln. Yeah, that yeah. thing could blow up. I mean, you know, it's it's like you got to be there. You I know. got a friend who's his wife's a potter, and it's a hell of a. You're yeah. right, it's not an easy game. Yeah, and, and they pay so much too. Yeah. <laughs> So a lot of big money in pottery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so he's doing his pottery, and how do you guys? How do you meet? You're rocking. I was at the time he was sneaking into Canada. Yeah, or going, you know, dodging the draft into in Canada. Canada. Yeah, I'm down in Detroit. Uh, Trying to, trying to get into it. Yeah, he's sneaking into the States. <laughs> I, I'm in the States. So you want to be in Detroit because that's a I, port of entry because of the music? Well, the the band that I, the, one of the bands that I ended up yeah. with, we got discovered by Barry Gordy in Motown. Uh-huh. Actually, the Supremes discovered us. Really? In mm-hmm. Vancouver. Really? Yeah. And so we got signed to a contract. And with we, Motown? With, with Motown. Motown yeah. So so I was in Detroit. What band? What was the band called? Uh, Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's. Wow. Bobby Taylor and Vancouver's had this giant hit called does your mama know about me? Which Tommy wrote the lyrics for. Wow! And, and it was a huge hit. Everybody covered it. It yeah. was like I had a, no idea. it was a standard. Really? Oh yeah. Still, still, people to this day cover that too. I have. I had no idea. Oh yeah. So you Very. were on a whole different. You were on track, man. I was, he was black. I was yeah. a black guy. Well, you're what? You're half Asian, correct? Yeah. And now, how did? What's your background like? How that? Uh, well, that my pan out? mother was uh, Scotch Irish. Uh-huh. Father, father was. Cantonese, Chinese, oh really? Chinese. First generation, I like, came over to yep. Canada from. China. Well, he was he was born in Vancouver, but uh, his his father was from China. They came over to work the railroad. Ended up working a gambling joint. Yeah. And <laughs> what kind of gambling joint? Like just, uh, oh, you know, yeah, the yeah, kind. Yeah. There was uh, some Chinese where you get off the boat and some would go right to the railroad. I mean, to work on the railroad. And the other guy would go. I think I'll open a gambling joint right there. Yeah. <laughs> what was the game though? Was it mahjong? I mean, what? all, all of it. Stuff. Dominoes. Dominoes. Hey, do you know how to play stuff. dominoes? I don't no, know how to fucking play dominoes. No, you don't? No. You? You never been to jail, then? Yeah, no. you never. Been to jail. <laughs> <laughs> That's a jail game, boy. Oh, that is. Uh, a, you play a lot of dominoes. <laughs> Damn, motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> oh, then I got a six. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that yeah. come, with that heritage, though, did, were you, did you ever sort of track it down? Did you ever go to China? Were you ever fascinated? All no, those well, no, well, I was fascinated, but I never. My my dad, he you know he he became a white guy, right? You know, yeah. he, although he was 
Chinese. He had his Chinese friends, yeah. and he he kept that part away from yeah. us. Really, it, it was in Calgary, right? I mean, you know, yeah, a Chinese can... guy in Calgary. So what's the first thing Tommy does? Hangs out with black guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense because yeah, you're yeah, both eventually. In... Well, well, the thing was, I was being half Chinese. I was the black guy. Yeah, yeah right, he exactly. was the black in the I mean. neighborhood. Right, and right. So I figured, well, if I'm going to be treated like one, I might as well hang with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. they had the best music and the best yeah. fun. Well, it wasn't until I got with the black culture. See, before I got with the black culture, yeah. it was like fight my way to school, fight my way back. Right. You know, yeah, I yeah, was dealing yeah. with redneck assholes, you know. And so I ended up, uh, then when I got with the black guys who could fight and were, you know, the best athletes in, in you know, in, in Canada. Yeah. The, the last thing they did was fight. Yeah. They never right. fought. Right. Because no yeah, one wanted to fuck with them. No, they, no one fucked with them. But. Their culture was all about music and dancing. Yeah. And when I discovered that, then I was home. That was it. So so you go to Detroit, you're doing the Motown thing, yeah. you meet with Barry Gordy, you're part of that whole music yeah. mill, yeah. like Smokey Robinson is around yeah. or what? Oh, yeah. what who was right. there? And, and, yeah, Smokey. Uh, in fact, Bobby Taylor to this day is considered one of the greatest singers that yeah. Motown ever had. In fact, when we would perform, we would look out and there would be Marvin Gaye and all the Supremes and wow. all the Tops and Smokey and everybody sitting in the audience paying homage to uh, Bobby Taylor in the Vancouver. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And how old were you? I was 10 years older than Cheech. So Eight. I was close to, uh, tw I was 28, I think. So then what, what happened? So you get this hit, do you tour? Do you go on the bus with yeah. uh, Marvin Gaye and everybody? Oh, uh, on the bus with uh, the Supremes. Oh no, she had her own. Uh, the right. Supremes had their own thing, but we were. I was on the bus with the uh, Gerald Wilson. Gerald band. Wilson. Uh huh. It wasn't a tour bus. It was a sit up. Yeah, yeah. Bus. <laughs> but I found a little area where you hung your clothes. Right. And and I got a lot of pillows, and there was a little area where you could make a bed. Yeah. And so I I made myself a little bed. You know, being and, from Calgary, I I knew how to do that shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so pretty soon I had all the all the Vancouver's in. Yeah. I'd go to lay in my bed. There'd be a Vancouver yeah, it was, in there. <laughs> it, it caught on. So, so you're playing those rooms where you know you are you're still dealing with segregation when you're touring. Oh yeah. So you're oh, playing yeah. the black clubs. And I and I'm the only non-black guy yeah. on the bus, yeah. uh, complaining that we're doing a concert where black kids aren't allowed into into the into yeah. the concert. Tell them what happened when you got to Gary, Indiana. With uh, oh yeah no what? well it wasn't Gary it was, was it Chicago Chicago, yeah. oh, it was Chicago. Chicago we were we were playing at a club called uh, wasn't it the Regal the Regal Theater yeah. And the opening act was a little family called uh, the Jackson Five plus Johnny. <laughs> yeah, who's Johnny? Yeah, who's Johnny? Johnny was a cousin. <laughs> he's, a, he's a kid, didn't make and, it. <laughs> and they had just won. They had just won the contest. Yeah. Uh, for the high school. No kidding. Contest, right? And so then Bobby Taylor convinced them to come to Motown, and they stayed with Bobby for a month, and then uh, Barry Gordy signed him. Yeah. So you were right there at that. They discovered the Jackson Five, and then all of a sudden, Barry Gordy uh, uh, figured that uh, we arranged for Diana Ross to discover the Jackson Five. <laughs> so, <laughs> it made better. Play. Yeah, made better. Yeah, yeah. Some but, negotiating but, done. But Bobby yeah. Taylor produced their first two albums. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. I, ABC, yeah. I Your Want guy. You Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what broke up the Vancouver's. The Jackson Five, yeah, 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 because Bobby had a, uh, you know, he had a new career in producing, and so then I, I ended up playing with uh, Chris Clark. Holy I was their band leader, and then, and then I Chris, had Cl a, Chris Clark was Barry Gordy's white girlfriend. Okay, yeah, one of them, <laughs> one of them, and then I had, I had to go back to, uh, I had to go back to Detroit to yeah. do a to get my green card. Yeah, and Chris Clark didn't know what a green card was, so she fired me. 
What? She, yeah, what, I, what, what she was? What, why? Because I missed a gig. I, I had to go back. I had to miss a gig. She had everybody else there. But by this point, though, I, I mean, I guess what what's interesting in, in 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 your story particularly is you saw how shitty show business could be. Aye. That you know that there was no. I never. No, I didn't. You didn't register that there were politics in show business. Not at that, all. No, you were just I, all. Like, all you see in, is this crowd. You see the crowd out there. They love you. And you, you're playing? Are you kidding? You're playing in sure. clubs. You're playing, you know, where where you don't have to fight your way out of the, right. <laughs> the thing. You know, you're getting back, you're getting uh, uh, treats backstage. Yeah, sure, sure, know, man. People asking for your autograph. Yeah, human treats, yeah, beef, drug jerky, treat. everything. M and M's, the whole thing, potato <laughs> chips. Bars. But I got fired. <laughs> I got fired. I literally, uh, and then, and I had uh, my girlfriend, who is now my wife. She was at a motel. I had yeah. another wife. In yeah. in Detroit, Detroit. Yeah. and and so when I got fired, I was in Detroit. Yeah, two and, wives, and I yeah. yeah, and I had a at the same time. Yeah, okay. not two wives, a girlfriend in a way. Sure, no. I was a musician. Man. I hear you. And yeah. so then I whatever you got to tell yourself. I got fired in in in, in Detroit. <laughs> yeah, and but I had to tell them. I said, well, I have to go back and get my my instrument. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my guitar. <laughs> I left my amp there, and yeah. so so they flew me back. Yeah. And I he said, "I have to go get my white girl," and then they understood. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, in fact, when we were doing that trip, we were we were on our way to uh, to uh, uh, Cherry Hill, Indiana, oh, yeah. uh, New Jersey, Cherry yeah. Hill, New Jersey. Yeah. Shelby was late because the white wife, okay, the white girlfriend with the. With so you have a black wife and a white girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. a white yeah. girlfriend with a white baby. Okay, yeah. just been born. Your white baby. Yeah. Okay. So it's and and so Barry Gordy is it the white baby that's out on the deck right no, now? No, no. Barry Gordy's that was the youngest the next one. The next one. No. Barry Gordy's walking around and say, "Whose baby is this?" <laughs> baby is this and everybody in the band everybody looking away <laughs> no one answered uh, it was a very funny yeah. thing so anyway i went back and collected my my girlfriend and my baby and my amplifier and and the three important things. the band the band could have saved my ass yeah. you know the band could have said if he's fired we're, we're fired too but none of them did right you know all loyal you know because yeah. they were with the barry gordy and they they they, they were set yeah they yeah. were set they didn't give a shit about me yeah. and so so then uh, then barry Haunted him ever since. Oh, really? Probably. Then yeah. Barry Gordy found out about it that I got fired. You yeah. know, and I was the only band. I was the guy that he was the leader of the band. <laughs> I was the leader of the band. <laughs> so now he just had some players <laughs> because. Yeah. So so Barry called me up right away. He said, "You're not fired, man. I don't want you. You know, you you can be with me for as long as you want." And I wow. said, "No, I, I said I want to be a Barry Gordy. I don't want to work for oh, Barry Gordy." Oh shit! And so he he gave me a he gave me a nice little severance pay and oh, yeah? sent me on my way. And, and that's how I met Chief. So went. then he goes. He's sitting in Detroit. We're watching a movie. I'll be Toklas with yeah. Peter Sellers. And it's in Venice and yeah. it's warm. And like, yeah. what are we doing here <laughs> in Detroit? They got the thing. They drove across country and come to Venice. So uh, all right. So you go back to Calgary and that's when you meet Chief. No, actually I go back to and LA. I went to LA from and, Detroit. And and, and see, with I, your white I, wife I, and your white baby. Yeah. yeah. Where's the black wife? White, white, white girlfriend. White girlfriend. So where's the, the black wife's in, in, with two kids in Detroit. In okay. Detroit. Yeah. And so I sent for them. They ended up in LA. Right. Everybody's in LA. Right. And I had a nightclub that I owned with a, f a family owned nightclub in Vancouver Hoover, yeah. that needed help. A, a Chong family owned yeah, nightclub? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I went back to Vancouver. Right. Because that was like, I started the teen club. Yeah. I started another club in Vancouver, the same way. Actually, what it was was there was 
actually two empty clubs. Yeah. And the guy that owned the the building said, yeah. "Hey, you want a club?" Yeah. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> "Sure." That's what that's so, what makes Canada great. So yeah. the Chung family yeah. uh, <laughs> started the first topless bar in Vancouver. Yeah. Oh, they're very popular now. Yeah. 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 But you, we, they were the first. Really? So, so it was it was having troubles. So I flew back. Well, how can you have troubles with titties? Well, you know, it was, it was not in a wonderful section. Okay. <laughs> it was in a tough section. Okay. And, and so I I flew back. Yeah. And and I looked at the show and I said, oh, we need to get some comedy in here yeah. somehow. You know. So I I started like a burlesque uh, show. Like oh, like the like the classic way. You got boobs and you got the guy who yeah, comes exactly. out and does a few exactly. sticks. No, 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 not the guy. What I did, I used the <laughs> committee. I used the, uh, uh, what do you call like it? Like an improv group. Oh, really? Improv, improv in between strippers. He, he had seen improv on the road. He's seen Second City in right. Chicago oh, and okay. Comedian in San Francisco. Yeah. He goes, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Never so, spoke on stage before. <laughs> so that's I, what he wants to do. So I, right. so I turned uh, the girls into actresses. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so they were improving? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're not they strippers anymore. You're, you're actresses, so you get paid less. But you still have to take off your clothes because we're like free theater. So uh, what did you get them doing? Little. Every skit we could, you know. You were writing skits. Well, we we would uh, take the Playboy magazine joke sure. p- part, yeah, and we would uh, bring those jokes Act to out. life. Act them yeah. out, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you what? You're 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 a customer at the place? No, no. <laughs> so so I, 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 around that time, yeah, I, I get to Vancouver. I right. come from Vancouver after, and you're making short. pots with a couple of different dudes. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but then a long story short, it travels, and I get I get to Vancouver, and, yeah. and the guy I'm uh, we were, and I, the first day I get to Vancouver, I'm walking around downtown China. Because you yeah. know you got to go there, yeah. And I see that I walk by this club, the yeah. Shanghai Junkers Club. And I see these pictures of yeah. Tommy and the and the, and the chicks, and, yeah. the, and I go, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and I just remember registering it because it looked like a old burlesque sure. photos that I had, you know, because I used to go to burlesque houses in L.A. and in, in the Valley. Two long-haired hippies. Two yeah. long-haired hippies with a with a. a <laughs> Army helmet on and yeah. a billy club and what the fuck? That was so, the picture. So yeah, yeah. And and, was, and so, anyways, through a friend who was an editor of a rock and roll magazine, he says, "You got to meet this guy Tommy Chong. He's yeah. got this thing going down there." He said, "But you'd be perfect for it." Does it pay? I don't know. Well, go say. So I'm. So I. Because he said that to you because you were a funny guy. Yeah, yeah. And but you had not done any stand up. No, or no. I was a writer for the magazine. I okay. Was, I was doing record reviews and that shit. Yeah. yeah. And so the straight guy that I had working, we had. The, there's myself and the doorman David. Yeah, <laughs> I got him involved. Yeah. I just wanted him to be the MC, right? And he said, "I'll do it if you do it." Yeah. And so then I, I remembered some of the skits, you know, that I yeah. saw with Second City, and right. so we started doing those skits. And we needed a straight man, so we had a, an actor, a real actor, came on, come, come on board as a straight guy. Yeah. And we got so popular that we got the front page of the of the newspaper, and and Rick Lenz was the guy's name, the straight guy. Yeah. And he's got boobs on either side of his head. Yeah. You know, yeah. And his wife, who yeah. was very straight, she, yeah. she she thought he was doing community theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she she flipped for the she, Lord. She literally took him up by the ear and <laughs> took, took, him him, took him out of there. So you're out of and so I guy. needed a straight man, right? Right. And so the the uh, Ihor Tordak Tordak Ihor Tordak was the writer. Uh, the, he was the yeah, yeah the yeah. editor. Yeah, Russian, uh, Ukrainian. 
Ukrainian. Ah, yeah, he said, deal. he says, I know a very funny guy. You yeah. should come and see him. Come on out to my magazine and, and yeah. you meet him. Yeah. And so I, so he was kind of insistent, you know, so I said, okay. So I took a, uh, took yeah. my white girlfriend and, yeah. uh, little, and her little baby. Little baby. She, lo she looks, her name is Precious Chong. Uh -huh. And so you figure like this little girl <laughs> with bound feet is going to show up and it looks like Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little white girl with the curls <laughs> and Shirley Temple. And so we, we ended up and, and that's when I met Cheech for the so first time. When you went to Second City, though, who would you see? I mean, I like, saw oh, I saw Peter Boyle. I saw all the. Oh, it was in guys. the first, the first edition, right of after it. the Compass Player. So, yeah, like, yeah, it exactly. just, so yeah. you saw like Alan Arkin, maybe? Was uh, it? not Arkin, but no. I saw Boyle. Really, Peter, yeah, Boyle. Peter Boyle. And you just went over there out of curiosity when you were in uh, Chicago. Well, or? you know, I had a chance. I, we had a choice. Most guys went to the blues clubs, right? I looked at that and it, it, it was just fascinating. I'd never the been second in city there, thing. The second city, like so nothing went, you'd ever seen. I before. went in there and I'd never seen that before. I actually I did. I saw the committee in San Francisco sure. first, right? And I, that's what got me into the whole thing. And then Fred Willard was he the commit? Was Fred? No, Willard? no, it was the original oh, guy before that. Gail Goodrid, Gail, what's that guy's name? Goodwin got something. Yeah, Gary, Gary, Gary Goodrow. Goodrow. Gary Goodrow. Gary Goodrow. Uh, the guy Hessman. from Howard, Howard, Howard Hessman. Hessman. Howard Hessman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Howard was, Hessman. Yeah. Gary Goodrow. So they were they were activists. So Lee Lee French. Right? Yeah. yeah, Lee French. Lee French. Yeah. Oh wow. And, yeah. and Howard Hessman used to fascinate me because I, I I saw him almost every night when yeah. I was in San Francisco. And what he would do, he would come up with these red shoes on. Yeah. And he'd say, okay, and then he'd lead, read off a list of where the protests were going right. to be the vietnam protests we're going to be here we're going to be yeah. everything any questions yeah where'd you get the red shoes <laughs> and he would get pissed off <laughs> he'd say i'm not going to answer that and he'd, he'd get literally he'd get pissed off because they're all you know you're what the all hell you got red shoes on yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they're thinking about they're not even hearing the vietnam things like, what the fuck man <laughs> they're fucking red shoes yeah. on yeah and that's <laughs> what that's what has and hesman would he would literally you could see him get pissed off at everybody so what were you doing in san francisco where does that come in the time i was i was in the band oh okay all right band. so you see the bobby peter, taylor band, yeah. right so you see uh you see peter boyo see this thing where it's sort of like holy shit this is funny. You see, it's and this is before this is before we got discovered by Motown. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I saw all this oh, really? before that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, San Francisco. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in San Francisco with Bobby. Hey, we were starving. We 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 would go down on spec. You know. Yeah, we, yeah, we'd yeah. Go down, and Bobby Taylor was so well known down right. there. And we'd show up at clubs, you know, and the literally the club owner would meet us with a fucking gun. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> Nigga, I told you if I ever saw you again, I'd kill you. <laughs> and Bobby, Bobby would say, "Put the gun." down motherfucker we're here to make you some money this is my boy this is tommy tommy come here Chinaman, 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 come tommy here. Uh, bobby taylor's a, a character yeah. boy he's in china now he is yeah, yeah. he's got to act in china man probably got three old ladies <laughs> that's where he ended up yeah oh my god he always i i he, he emails me all the time but bobby was such a legend because yeah. what he would he do great he, he would show up at the club he would pack the joint. Mm -hmm. He'd fuck every old lady's uh, guy's old lady he could find. Yeah. And he would take money from everybody he could get, <laughs> and and then he'd leave unexpectedly yeah. with with shit. You know, yeah, and then, yeah. then he'd come back like it never happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got the wrong guy. That's the other guy. I know I did that, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, the, one of the last times I saw Bobby, we're mm. in Vancouver. We got the after hours club is going great. Everything's yeah. going great. Yeah. It was a beautiful day, one of the long summers. I was on the beach all yeah. day. I'm sitting and smoked. I smoked out. I'm sitting, standing in front of the club waiting for the... Uh, you know, for the gig to start, and the cab pulls up, Bobby gets out, and he's got an axe. <laughs> he's holding an axe. I said, what's up, Bobby? He says, fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. What happened, Bobby? Yeah, but, man, she kicked me out of the motherfucking house, man. Shit, I, all the work I put in that house, I nailed every fucking door shut. <laughs> Was if I can't get in there, no one else is getting in there. <laughs> was that Marnie? No, uh, Evelyn. Evelyn. Oh, remember Evelyn? Ooh, no, I didn't. Remember. Oh, you yeah, didn't meet Evelyn. Evelyn was uh, a working girl. All right, yeah. so so all right, okay, so he <laughs> he's your new straight guy. You go to the office, you meet Cheech, yeah, yeah. with the baby, and what happens yeah. right then? So he says, he says, uh, hey, come on down to uh, to uh, see what we're doing. Shanghai Jung. So I went, and my girlfriend, who was like. <sighs> Was coming in to see me from LA. I haven't seen her for a long time, and yeah. she was like, you know, coming. And she didn't tell me this. Yeah, yeah I didn't tell her. This, so. He just said, yeah, yeah, I'll come. I'll, I'll try and make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Check you out. I'll yeah. try and make it. Yeah, yeah I'll check it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And so, so we're we're backstage. and We had just dropped some acid because that was the. the you dropped thing. an acid during the show. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 before the show. Yeah, yeah. It made the show much better. Yeah. And so, so we're. we're but this is like Owlsley shit. I mean, this is like yeah, real the real shit. Yeah. yeah. They would do four hours of improv a night in in a strip club for. People that went, what the fuck? What a fucking girl? What a fucking long-haired guy's talking to me <laughs> on acid. On, yeah. Well, we we were on acid. I'm looking out and and I see Cheech come in. They yeah. said, oh, he's here. All the girls were excited. They wanted to see the new guy. Yeah. And so the girl said, oh, he's here. He's here. Who's he with? And I looked out there and here's this gorgeous chick with this full-length mink coat and Cheech. You know, he's, he's, and, and right. I said, no, oh, no, he's hired. <laughs> <laughs> I always judge a man by his woman. You know, I don't care what the guy looks like, but if she's hot, he's yeah, got something Sarah. going on. Hi, dear God. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Still to this day. Oh, yeah. And, and, and so anyway, she, she was coming. I was more into her, you know. Yeah, like yeah. That. And I was watching they were doing this, whatever they were doing on stage. Yeah. And it was like, you know, trying these the girls trying to act. And so, on but, acid, though. I mean, yeah, what was it like, I though? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't remember anything except for this one bit where David, his partner, yeah. comes out and he sings. No, see that that was the first bit. Was that the first? That bit? was the very first. That bit. was the first. See, I think what happened was that oh, the girls stopped. The girls dancing. would would they were dancing, and then yeah. then they stopped, and they cleared the stage. Oh, that's what it was. And then and then we would start our show. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm trying to. Sarah's looking at me, saying, "What the fuck? You bring me to a strip joint? Yeah. in the worst part of town. Yeah, the first. So, so, what was the bit? To, so, so the, David, the guy comes out, yeah. and he's and he's a real long haired guy. Well, first, little, first, first, a mime artist. <laughs> We got a classical guitarist. Yeah. He comes out, he sits down, and he starts playing. And then this mime artist comes out, and he's picking flowers. Sure. And this is all these, these are bikers and, yeah. and, and perverts and, uh, waiting, <laughs> waiting to see some girls. And so yeah, they're yeah. sitting there watching this mime artist throw flower petals yeah. around <laughs> and blowing things. In full mime drive. But, but mime he's, drive. he's a serious mime. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah serious yeah, sure, mime. Yeah. Sure. And then he leaves the stage, yeah. and then David, my, my first partner, comes out with long, he's got long hair yeah. and a cowboy hat. Yeah. And a scarf wrapped around his neck. Yeah. And he walks up seriously to the mic. And what does he say? He sings, sings his song. He goes, 
I dream of Brownie in the light blue jeans. She's just as neat as licorice jelly beans. I dream of Brownie, and it makes me mellier. Cause Brownie is my favorite wire-haired terrier. And that now everybody, everybody's just looking at him, and they're they're they're, 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 they're bikers. Yeah. They're they're looking around, and going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> And then I kick a door open, and I'm was a, I, I'm shirtless. You yeah, know, I got, and it looked like my hair's all messed up. It looked like I just, just woke up, yeah. and I got a rolled up newspaper, and I walk over to David, and I look at him, and I go, "What kind of fucking song is that?" And I start <laughs> beating the shit. <laughs> I fucking fell off the chair, man. I laughed so hard that was just <laughs> cracked me up. And I said, "Okay, I'll I'll join this group." <laughs> but see, when I when I, when I auditioned, yeah. when, when I met Tommy for the yeah. first time, I gave him this this big resume of what a great improv yeah. actor and right. writer that I was. Because, yeah. Oh, I I've, I've been down. I was a member of Instant Theater here in L.A. and I had seen this little improv group yeah. called Instant Theater, and it was in L.A. It was on Melrose at the Horseshoe Theater, and it was Rachel Rosenthal who yeah. was, who went on to be the Grand Dame of Performance Art, yeah. and and her husband or boyfriend, I don't know, I think it was her husband King Moody, yeah, and he. And King Moody eventually turned out to be turned up to be uh, uh, Ronald McDonald. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, right, right. He was the original for twenty years. He was the original. He was Ronald the guy. Yeah, yeah. He was Ronald McDonald. And they used to do this. Please imp- tell me he thought it was a performance art piece for I the entire so. twenty years. <laughs> he, was, he was a little nipper, you know. He used oh to yeah, <laughs> enjoy a little uh, a nip. And uh, and and so and, and it was weird. I used to go to this thing. I know that was the weirdest thing I ever saw, but funny. But I remember when I was watching, and I'd go a lot of times, and I I, I can do this. Yeah, I, I could jump on stage right now, and I could do this. You know, so I, and so I told Tommy that I was just yeah, I was a member of Instant Theater, and sure. I just did this thing we wrote. And it was yeah. in, you know, I in, improved a resume. Yeah. He yeah, bought yeah. it. <laughs> so, okay, come on down and be a writer for the show. Yeah. Okay. So you guys started writing together. Well, no, <clears throat> no, really. Uh, David and I really were the, the main guys. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And then Cheech was, uh, he was kind of like the understudy. Sure. Yeah. And then he would come in. But Cheech was the only guy that would bring original material. Uh-huh. That started bringing it, you know. David well, it really wasn't a comedian. It wasn't an actor or a comedian. He right. was a doorman. That, right. That he really was a roadie. Right. If anything. So and, you were just riffing all this shit. And so we, we were just riffing. And I was, I was the only one that had seen the Second City. Sure. But he owned the club. Right. And so we could do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the audience loved it, man. In fact, they loved it so much that we changed from this hard drinking biker kind of bar into this uh, theatrical theater group. Wow. Where they would nurse a, they would nurse a wine all night. But you still you still had the girls though. Oh yeah. yeah. We had the girls. Oh, and they get naked. Yeah. Yeah, that was the end of the skit. They, yeah. uh, somehow they got naked. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and but but we changed the audience right, so sure, sure. drastically that we were packing them in, but we weren't making any money. Yeah, because they weren't drinking. Right, because they weren't there for the, so, like the so, old guys. So, were so I'll my, get drunk, see uh, some titties. These people yeah, are so, like, this so, is interesting. We're students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so my brother, yeah. uh, who kind of took care of paying the bills and that, he, yeah. he came up with a bunch of bills and he says, we got to do something here. And so I said, well, you know, we obviously we got to go back to the old uh, strip strip right uh, routine yeah, yeah. yeah and so uh then th- so the the group was out of out of a job yeah basically okay and and i've never really been one to to look ahead and say well we we can work over here yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i would do a project at a time and then right. feel that you could be there forever right <laughs> right right 
And so uh, we had, we did one, one one performance. Yeah. And then we broke up for good, and it was for the Three Dog Night. Opening for Three Dog Night? No, no, no. no we just they were they were playing an arena in in in, in uh, Vancouver. Sure. And uh, the drummer was uh, my brother-in-law. Remember the black guys in Calgary? Yeah, That's my his first brother-in-law. My first, <laughs> okay. my yeah, first yeah. wife. Yeah. My first wife's yeah. brother. Yeah. He was the drummer. He was the drummer for Three Dog Night. Night. Yeah. Floyd yeah. Snead. Floyd. Were they a Canadian band? No, 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 just him. No, just okay. Floyd. And Floyd, Floyd was in the original band that when when I went down to the Second City and all that. Floyd was with me then. The original drummer of the the, the original the Vancouver's. The, yeah. or what are you? What, uh, the Bobby T. No, Bob- what was it? The Bachelors. Oh, the Little Daddy. Little and Daddy and the Bachelors. Really, he was in that band <laughs> before the Vancouver. Yeah. 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 And so so we did that one performance. And Danny Hutton and they all seen us. Yeah, the only time they ever saw the whole group together. And then Cheech and I decided uh, we were we were going to put a band together. Okay, and so we we did. We we actually put a bass player and a piano drummer, player. Yeah. What you what did you do, Cheech? I was a singer. I was, I was a singer, singer all my life. Yeah. yeah. He's a singer, yeah. And yeah. so, uh, but we got to the gig. It was about all the bands, and because I had the reputation of the Vancouver's, uh, you know, we got a gig right away. You know, they said, yeah, yeah, yeah we want to hear the band, yeah. But uh, Cheech and I have been doing comedy for nine months. Just it, on a solo, just the two of you? No, no, uh, with, with the other guys, with the, the other yeah, guys, with the yeah, with the gang. And so we we said, well, let's do comedy first, yeah, and then we'll yeah. play. Then we'll play some music. And you guys had already worked out two man show. No, well, we worked it out that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's do that bit on that bit. Okay. All right. So, you, so you guys, you were no longer the understudy. You were integrating. Into well, during sketches. this, during the length of the show that I was with them, I, I would write material for them. Yeah. And then somebody couldn't make it, or they right. were late. I would do the bit. I would fill in. And the only thing I couldn't do was like naked dancer. Right. You right. Know? Yeah, but yeah. I did everything else in the show yeah. at, at some point. So okay. So you guys, are, you're going to do a comedy bit. So, so the two of us, yeah. we, we go out there. Yeah. And we were hit right from. The what first, was the bit? What was the first bit? Uh, was it the, the guys in the cars? No, bit. could it be? Not, not long. We did a minute of that. I think I, I know we did the dogs, and then we did Blind Melon. We did Blind Melon. Yeah. So you guys were doing those bits already? Oh yeah. yeah. The bits that showed up on the first yeah. and oh, second yeah, record. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it smells like dog shit. You were doing. Oh no, that, that was a joke. That <laughs> no, that's an old joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what was the dog? Uh, the, we the did dogs. The dogs. We were Ralph dogs. and we Herbie became dogs. Oh, oh. And Ralph we'd and crawl around the stage, sniffing each other's butt and, <laughs> and fucking each other. Yeah, that was yeah. the kids loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they did. Oh, the crowd. It was a battle of the bands, and the crowd. Went, well, they, went well, nuts. they all gathered right close to the stage, sat down, yeah. and enjoyed the hell out of the show. And the blind melon bit that you know that became a big bit. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they all, they all yeah. actually, yeah, well, they all evolved. Evolved, yeah. And and uh, it was such a big hit in in that. That we never played. We a never note. played, and the band stood there like, <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. you were just killing. Not yeah. one note. Yeah, and and so the bass player who ended up becoming the Powder Blues blues band in Vancouver, big band. Yeah, he ended up. Uh, he says, uh, "So when's our next gig, boss?" <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we ain't got a good next gig. Tom uh, Tom Lavin. <laughs> Tom Lavin. So Cheech and I were, were. I had my dad's car, and the the windshield wipers were broken. Yeah. it was ter- in Vancouver. Always torrential rain. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so we were taking turns. Work in the windshield <laughs> with a coat hanger. Oh, bent, the, bent coat the coat hanger, hanger out the out the window. Yeah. We'd be hanging out the door yeah. like that, getting drenched. Yeah. I'm driving, yeah. and he'd do it for a while, and then I do it for a while. 
And then that's when we named ourselves. So we're going across the, I think it was the Georgia Viaduct Bridge. Yeah. It was one of those, and it was a condemned bridge. You yeah. Know, it, was, it was big signs, go along at your own risk. And, and so we're trying to figure out a name. So he said, well, well, let's say Richard and Tommy. No, that yeah. doesn't sound good. Yeah. How, and I said, Marin and Chong. No, that yeah. doesn't sound good. Was, was, he says, well, do you got a nickname? And so I said, well, Cheech is my family name. And he goes, Cheech and Chong. Oh. Cheech and Chong. That, that was it. It was never Chong and Cheech. It was all Cheech because it sounded better. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. And so, yeah, we're going to conquer the world. We're going across with this coat hanger. I was, I was, literally, I was literally screaming. Screaming yeah, yeah, the yeah. word Cheech and Chong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cheech and Chong. It was great. I swear it does to God. sound good, yeah. man. And so, we played we played in, uh, in on the lawn in UCLA one time, and this linguist after we did our show, she was walking alongside us. She says, "It's very interesting that you ca- chose the name Cheech and Chong because it's a it's a first name and a last name." <laughs> and and she went on this whole yeah, yeah. big broke thing it down. Of, yeah, she broke it down. Yeah, yeah. We're the only other team that has a first name and a last name. You know, the other one is Who? Penn and Teller. Really, that was it. Pendulette and Al Teller, or whatever. But you guys didn't think about that. You're no, just no. Right. Where'd, Where'd you get Chong. the name Cheech? Cheech is my family name. It's short for Chicharron. Sure, the and fried che- pork. Yeah, line. exactly. Yeah. So when I was a little baby, I was yeah. just born. Yeah. My, my uncle looked in the crib. and says, "I parece un chicharron. Looks like a little chicharron, all shriveled <laughs> no, up." You know? that was, so that was my name. Uh, and and every, I was always Cheech, you know, in the, in the family. All right. So now you got the groove. You know, you got the thing. So how do you end up down here? Well, we got to come back to well. LA. What we did. What we did. <laughs> We, well, I was wanted by the FBI at the time, so for but, jumping the draft. Yeah, yeah. But I wanted I wanted us to play in a little club yeah, first yeah. to try it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I said, you know, we got to do one more gig. Yeah. And so we went down to this little blues club. Yeah. Little folk club, Vancouver, and where we yeah. saw T Bone Walker. Oh, he's still the, alive. At huh? the end of his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. He was so drunk that they literally carried him out and put him in the chair. Yeah. And then they put his guitar on his lap. Yeah. And he, he tried to play the guitar, oh, yeah. but they had untuned the strings because of the flight. Yeah. And the bass player literally was leaning over, trying to tune his guitar oh, while he's playing. playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and he and he couldn't he couldn't get anything together. Yeah. And when he finished whatever he was doing, the crowd erupted into the biggest Cheers! Ever it's over. we were sitting in the club just laughing our ass and off. <laughs> that's when Blind Melon was yeah, born. born. <laughs> yeah. Blind Melon was born, and we played that club. You played that? What's Ronnie Scott's? Ronnie Small. Ronnie Smalls. Yeah. Ronnie Small. We River played, Queen or something. Yeah, the River River something. Yeah, River something. And we we played it that uh, I was the next day or yeah, something. Yeah, the next day. Next day we played it. Went over really well. Did you do the Blind Melon bit? No, no, no. no. We no, had no. Well, the next day we went to came back to uh, L.A. Yeah. I I did, because I, I got on a plane, but I had to you know. Well, well, first of all, we had to get money to get him back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so I went and went and visited some friends of mine, Lionel, 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 yeah, and, and he he he, he, he just <laughs> fronted us some money. Yeah, what, what, what about Lionel? Well, Lionel was this, he, he was this Jewish guy who had a battery company or yeah. a tire company or something. <laughs> a battery, battery. But he was hanging. Out, he was he was a rounder, and he was hanging out with all these nightclub guys. Yeah. And, and he was a wannabe. Yeah, yeah. He, he was. A wannabe. He was like the guy that got killed in Good Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the 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 swimming pool guy. Oh know, yeah, yeah, guy. yeah. Right, sure, sure, sure. That was him. Yeah. And he was hanging out with all these gangsters and, yeah. and boosters, that was and, you know, yeah. mostly boosters. Yeah, and and so and so he lent us the money. Yeah, yeah. It was like I don't know, hundred bucks or two hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It was a thousand. Really? Yeah, because we had to get the ticket. How co- what happened to my end of that thousand? <laughs> 
You never got it? I know. You got it, though? <laughs> yeah, I remember. No, I, 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 we'll talk about this later. Then. <laughs> there was, so we bought a plane ticket, but yeah. I had to, you know, had to go buy customs, you know. And in those days, you know, so I borrowed my friend Bill Norris' ID yeah. with a picture of him yeah. on it. Yeah. And he was kind of dark. Yeah. And I went, and I held it up right next to my face. And I looked at it, looked at me. Okay, go through. <laughs> I was wondering about the FBI. Oh, yeah, okay. A lot well, has changed since then. Well, how did you uh, deal with the FBI issue? Well, I just, they didn't know I came back. They didn't, yeah. they didn't know I left in the, in the first place. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's like, I, we'd be on stage and I'd say, any FBI people here tonight? He's a draft dodger. We'd go, shut up, man. Well, that's not funny. funny. Because they were going by my mother's house all the time looking for me. What happened, I was in Canada. And while I was in there, they changed my classification from 2A student to one a available for the draft yeah and they drafted me while i was in canada yeah and totally illegal so i said no oh, man this is so when i came back i snuck back in the united states they didn't know it was there i was yeah. bill, i was bill nor now yeah yeah new identity and, yeah so yeah. but so we were kind of and so just as we got back uh the the first cases from the draft resistance movement start going to the it went to the supreme court right got thrown out yeah, this this is totally illegal. What he did, but this is blah blah blah. So all you guys are, you know, free of this. So the the next day they sent me a notice for a draft, a physical. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now you don't have a you don't have a two S deferment, and you. Know, so I I had broken my leg skiing in in Van, in Canada the, the second year I was there, um, really badly. I, yeah. I, I compound. You know that guy on TV uh, the the the. Basketball from Louisville, the kid that broke his leg in half. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was a compound. That's exactly what I did. So you had like, several breaks. No, just one <laughs> in half. Oh god! And, like I yeah, sevened yeah. my leg. Oh, like so it's sticking out. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit! So, so I, I I went to a, a medical doctor. Used to be a medical examiner for the Air Force. I sure. got him to write a letter. Got some. X-rays went and took the physical and got four F'd. Oh, Goodbye. Yeah. yeah, I was actually I was two F Y, too fucking young. <laughs> <laughs> but like after all that bullshit, you, yeah, you, you actually had to go for the physical. Yeah, yeah. the shit yeah you know, got scary, right? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was towards the end of the war already, right? Well, the right? scary part was seeing a thousand other guys in their underwear. You know? <laughs> no, it wasn't, really. It was what? right in the middle of the war. 69, I was, 70. I was, that was seven, 69. Oh, so it was still, yeah. Yeah, seven. No, it was, it seven, was 70. 70, no. yeah, 70. So when did you come down? The same time. Oh, yo, yo. so you got the plane so ticket. He came, he came down. But I had a green card. Right. So then where, where, how did you start out? When, what happened when you got here? Well, we started playing black clubs. In, well, first of all, we, we stayed at my... Uh, First wife's house. Sure. wife's house. <laughs> he, he stayed on the couch. Yeah. You know, and uh, <laughs> in fact, the first bit in Up in Smoke is really uh, a story of what he was like living at my house at the time. Because he'd wake up. The, my, my daughters would come out and yeah. turn on the TV real yeah. loud, yeah. get their cereal. And, yeah. and, and give me the stink eye. Ray Don. <laughs> yeah. Ray Don Chong. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, what is this Mexican doing on my couch? <laughs> Pissed off. Oh, shit. So you started doing black clubs? Yeah. Yeah. That was the only would, ones that would pay, yeah, money. and and have comedy. You know? And who were the guys you were seeing when you were working with that? I mean, oh, everywhere, all yeah. the Mavericks jazz. Flats, uh, yeah. uh, the Parisian Room, yeah. uh, uh, PJs, T PJs, which yeah. when PJs op in in Hollywood opened up, reopened as the Uptown Black Club, and uh -huh. so we were the house comedians for there. So we with everybody that came through there. I mean, Carmen, we opened it with Carmen McRae and, and the Impressions and the Isley Brothers and Edwin Starr. Earth, Earth, Wind, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. We used to play this other club. It was 
Johnny Mathis's brother Ralph, who yeah. looked exactly like him, sang all his songs. Cheech and Chong and Earth, Wind and Fire. Wow! Every night on stage. Wow. Was, that, was that the the Millionaires Club? That yeah, that was four, the, four o'clock. Club? Yeah, yeah. And what bits were no. you doing? You're doing what half hour, twenty minutes? I don't know what we were doing. No, yeah. we were, we we did a half hour, at least half hour, maybe yeah, yeah, longer. More, yeah. yeah. And you were doing like so because you guys did bits. I mean, you, you yeah, did. Yeah. You know, you it was almost sketches. You weren't like yeah, uh, no, no. We we did sketches. Yeah, yeah and you sketches. you bring costumes. Yeah. Oh, we had a pile of costumes. Yeah. <laughs> we lay them on the stage and. A pile. <laughs> I swear to God. All right, what bit we're gonna do next? Oh, let's do that one. And we went to club to club with the, on a scooter. I had a little Honda ninety. Oh Honda yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cheech would wear. We'd both wear all the costumes. All the costumes, layers of coats and three hats and, and shoes around our neck. <laughs> scoot around on the scooter because I still had my 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 wife. And my girlfriend. Right. My and did they know about each other, obviously? No, they yeah, knew. They so kinda they knew. knew. They knew. They, they knew. Kind of knew. They knew. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knew. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you're running around doing the Black Club. So when, yeah. when do you start to evolve into you know recording or do the comedy store? Or well, when what happened? Because you're still before the comedy store, right? You're doing that oh, yeah, yeah, late 60s, 70s, 1970, nothing. The Troubadour. Yeah. The Troubadour. We did... Opening for music all the time. No, no. It was folk... Hootenanny night. Hootenanny night night at the Troubadour, Monday nights. Yeah. And if you, the the deal was that the first six acts that were there when the box office opened up yeah. at six o'clock got to go on that night. Music and, or variety don't matter. matter. In yeah. reverse order. So right. the first one got to go on sixth, which was really actually a good spot because right. everybody was in, they're, they're, you know, they're not still, Oh yeah, they're not, you know, yeah, like, they're uh, drinking. Because it's a free night, like yeah. a no charge kind yeah. of deal? Right. Well, no, they charged them, but right. the acts didn't get paid. This right. was like open right. mic night. Right, so. right. So we were always the first ones, always, every time. Yeah, you see, you drove the scooter over, you're sitting there with like four layers of clothing on. Yeah, it's, just like the, it's like Monday night at the comedy store. You got you see people wearing chef's outfits and garbage bags. You're yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? And, and we'd get there at nine o'clock and yeah. sit there in front of the troubadour till six. Yeah. Eating, eating sunflower seeds. Eating sunflower seeds and working on bits and <laughs> talking, blah, blah, blah. And we going out. And so we started to gain a following. We did yeah. it a bunch of times and we started to gain a following. So people were calling and asking. So re-enters Danny Hutton from the Three Dog Night, the singer. Yeah. And he's, we we got with him when we first were there. He was, he introduced us to his management team. We, we got signed to them. They didn't do shit for us, uh, uh, except give us we're coke, the, coke every with, Monday. We were with Her- Herbie Cohen for a minute. Herbie Cohen, we know he were never with Herbie Cohen because he wouldn't give us $200. Oh, really? Yeah. And so we, so we were so we were always hustling. We yeah, 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 yeah. And so he arranged for Ted Templeman from Warner Brothers to come down. He was a big record producer. Yeah, so come down and see us at the Tuba. And Randy Newman was there, and Brian Wilson. Yeah, with the night you were there. The night we were. Oh, oh, but we, this is like the sixth or seventh time we. But it's just you guys now. No, it's that same. Still the hootenanny night. Still the hootenanny. But they coming out to see you. Yeah. Okay. Because he arranged it. Yeah, yeah. And so we did that. Went on, killed. And then uh, this Frank Zappa was there. Frank Zappa really? was there. Really? Yeah. He must have uh, liked you. Uh, Stephen Martin said he was in the audience the first night we were performed. He came up and told me that. Because he used to play there, he too. Was there he too, opened yeah. for bands. A lot of the cats Nitty, used to open Nitty, for bands. Dirt Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah sir. Yeah. And he opened for, uh, who was it, Melissa? I, I don't remember, but I know that, like, I've talked to a lot of dudes from the, you know, your generation. That yeah. was the gig, man. Well, that it? was the gig. I that mean, was it. There was no yeah. comedy club. <clears throat> no. Nope. So, okay, so all these cats come down. Yeah. And so... After we finished the gig, we're out in front basking in our glory there, and, and yeah. there's this girl, Melissa, uh, uh, Missy Montgomery, mm-hmm. who was Dinah Shore's daughter. Okay. And she comes up, and she goes, and we knew her, because she was Danny Hutton's girlfriend yeah. at the time. And Danny Hutton's girl, she's, she's a, <laughs> Danny, it was Danny's girlfriend. She says, Lou Adler was in the crowd, 
and he he wanted me to send a, a notice that he was he saw you guys and he would really love to talk to you. Oh yeah, where? Well, his office is today, and he'd like you to come tomorrow if you can. All right, tell him we'll go. And he's a huge record guy. He, he, was, he was the biggest. Yeah, and he's still around, right? Hangs no, out yeah, with Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. 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 We just inducted him in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame right, a couple right. of weeks ago. And so I told Tom, I said, hey, Lou Adler, who's Lou Adler? He didn't have a yeah. clue. But I knew because I was a record reviewer. Yeah. And so, was, so, so we go to his office and yeah. he goes, and he was from East L.A. Yeah. And so he got what we were doing right away. And so he says, well, what do you guys want to do? We look at gold records. Well, make a record. Yeah. What kind? A gold one. <laughs> <laughs> and you did, right? And we did. We yeah. signed us up in the office right there, and we started to work on our album. So when when you guys defined the roles, though, I mean, I mean, you were doing character stuff, but I mean, there was definitely a point where, you know, you played the a lot of the, the hippie kind of doofus dude, and you were the sort of aggravated Chicano yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that became sort of the through line of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And did that just evolve naturally, or did you... That were those the ones that were hitting because there was such a, a sort of separation of the two tones or what? Yeah, it was it was what uh, the audience. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know we do a bit in the the hippie and the lowrider. Yeah, yeah. Where, where the where the stars where the stars. <laughs> sure, yeah. because yeah. I mean as long as we as long as we did those bits. Yeah, you know then everything else. Yeah, was okay. It was the audience. Yeah. yeah. So the first record. Uh, it, it what what was the life of it? So you guys put this out, and there's it's still it's 1971. So there's no there's no comedy store. No. There's no nothing. There's, there's no, no comedy records. It's just, it's just gonna start coming out with us. Well, the, well, there's the older there ones. There was before up. from the 50s right, and early right. 60s, but so. the, the very first bit we ever did <laughs> became a viral hit. Which one? Uh, Dave's not here. Dave. Well, that's Dave. fucking. That was the one. That was the very first thing we'd ever rehearsed. Very first. We didn't record. ever rehearsed it. <laughs> yeah, well, we we just did it, and then what do you mean? So you're in the studio, and that's where Dave came from. It was just a riff. Yeah. Well, no, I I, the, I locked out. He was story. locked out. He was locked outside the the studio. It's at A and M, and it was hot. It was in the middle of oh, the so afternoon. That's what really happened. And and uh, <laughs> he's knocking on the door, and I couldn't figure out if I I had a little tape recorder. I was trying to figure out if it was recording or not. Yeah. And, and every time he'd knock, I'd look at the door, and then. Then I'd look back at the tape recorder, and the needle yeah. wasn't moving. So I was kind of stunned looking yeah. at it, and and then I heard him in his voice. Yeah. You know, I'd say, "Who is it?" And he goes, "It's me, man. Let me in." You know, and I heard he was annoyed because I wasn't supposed to be that bit. He was we're working on another bit. Yeah. So go out and knock on the door, and then I'll come in, and we'll do this other bit. Just, yeah. to, just yeah. okay. Yeah. So he kept knocking on the door, and I kept thinking, and then I started fucking with him. I go, "Who is it?" And he goes. It's me, man. Come on, open up. <laughs> and I just just waited. I waited. And then finally he knocked again. I said, who is it? <laughs> and he goes, it's me, Dave. I just made up Dave on yeah, the spot. Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. a Dave, you know. <laughs> so, so then I said, Dave's not here. <laughs> and then he's laughing. And it's fucking hot out there. Yeah. And it's like 100. I'm wearing a long coat and a hat. And, a thing, a thing. and everybody on the A&M lot is one, walking by, looking at this fucking guy, knocking on this door. In the middle, and they're always wondering, who who are these guys anyways? I see them around. Yeah, yeah, who are they? Yeah, yeah. Dave, oh, here. man. I finally opened the door. And she's got, well, he was pissed. Was she's throwing shit. And he, it's hot out there. You know, and I said, listen, listen, listen. I played it back. And we literally played it over and over again for about an hour. Oh God, just laughing more every time we heard it <laughs> because it was so stupid. It was, it was the timing of it was it just was like so from the mountain, <laughs> you know. And and the, yeah. then we played it for Lou. Yeah. And that 
night. I don't know how he did it, but yeah. he, he had every record, uh, every radio station across America. You woke up to, who is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and the DJs would say, oh, we're going to play uh, Dave Nutt here in another half hour. Well, yeah. People couldn't get enough of it. We were trying to figure out during this process of how to convert our stage act into record. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so some things <laughs> transferred and some things didn't. So we started in that process learning how to make stuff that sounded funny. Yeah. That you didn't have to see them. And also you could use the sounds. Like you could use, uh, you know, yeah. traffic yeah. noise yeah. or whatever. And what, you know, we it was did. a multi-track studio with uh, eight track and then tw 12 and then 24. And like, oh, God, it's like a... And, and, then, and, and the first time we recorded it, yeah. it was in a big studio. Lou's there and he's got... He's got uh, everybody around him, you know. He's yeah. got his engineers. He's yeah. ready to go. Yeah. And and, and we're, we're we walk in there. We've recorded the first one, yeah. one take. Or right. Two Dad's takes. Not here. Yeah. Done. And okay, what else you got? And we looked at each other. Uh, oh, well, know. let's do uh, blind. Yeah. Oh, we'll do blind melon. Yeah. And so I, I'm out there, you know, dark glasses. Yeah. And, and, and Cheech is in the thing. And we decided that Cheech is going to be the, the, the producer, the producer mm -hmm. record producer. Right, right. And But Lou Lou wants to be pr the producer. Yeah. And I'm out there kind of muttering, muttering to myself, <laughs> trying to figure out what, what, what to say. What to, Lou says, uh, should I record that, Tom? I said, uh, no, 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 I'm just, uh, just muttering here. And finally, we did the bit, and then finally Cheech and I, we said, you know, we don't need all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, all we need is a little mixed-down room yeah. and, uh, and an engineer. <clears throat> yeah, so that's what we did. And Lou said, okay, fine. Lou loved it. So we, from that point on, we just went into this little mixed-down room with me and Tommy and our engineer, Norm Kinney, and we figured it out. We started making it up. And so you just riffed it. Yeah, you just kind of put it we'd together. We'd come to with a little idea. Okay, you be this guy and this, and you be this guy, and we're in this situation. We started going. Yeah. And then, okay, that was good. Let's change it this way. Yeah, yeah. And then we put it, and then we got the basic track together, and we started adding sound effects. And like his it must have been a blast. Was a then, we, then we'd send it to Lou. Lou would hear it every night, and then he'd give me his notes. Yeah. You know, either on, uh, the next day or on, on yeah. the phone. Yeah. And, you know, if you know, his notes were mostly, that's good. Uh, How about more? A <laughs> little more. Yeah, yeah, a little more. Yeah, yeah. yeah a little more. And, so f it was, and it was cool because we were just, our influences, I mean, we were like radio theater. Of, yeah. Of the, and, and I was really into this guy named Ken Nordine. And we had this series of records called Word Jazz. I, I was always listening to those records. So I, it was kind of that influence. And Tommy, he had heard Ken Nordine before. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I said, let's do it this way. Man. And he had atmosphere. And, you know, and so we just started making it up. And were they, how, about, how much drugs were you doing then? Not a lot. Not a lot? A little joint. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the joint would always, we would get to the studio and we'd look at each other. You hungry? Yeah. Okay. So we go eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we come back yeah. and yeah. one of us would have to go to the bathroom. Right. And then somewhere in, the, in there, we'd say, hey, I got an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were, done, you were through the acid tunnel. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were uh, through the we, cocaine tunnel too. We did. We did. Uh, I did acid. Uh, I think after we started performing, because yeah. the minute we got the record out, yeah, you were big, boom, man. We were put on the road right away. You yeah. know? I just I listened to Dave's not here yesterday. 
On, oh, really? on vinyl. I got the vinyl oh, in there. Oh, bless you. And, uh, you know, because I'm like, yeah, they're coming over tomorrow. I better re... Because I got to rejigger my brain. Yeah, you know, because yeah. me and my brother used to sit down in the basement with that little flip-top record player. Yeah, and, yeah. But we listened to Los Chochinos. For some reason, that was the first one I have, Los uh-huh. Chochinos. I think, is dog shit on that one? Uh, I can't remember. It what, might be, yeah. 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 And, uh, Chabornik. And, Chabornik. And uh, Sergeant Stadanko. So, yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was Los Cochinos. Los Cochinos, Cochinos yeah. yeah. That, that's her Grammy, right? You got a Grammy for uh, uh, no wedding album. The wedding album I got in there. I got Big Bamboo in there. Wouldn't. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, Sergeant Sudenko, Los Cochinos, Sergeant Sudenko, Peter Reuter, up his nose, up his nose, up his nose. Oh. Everybody loves that man. Well, that's so. I mean, because you know, if you're high or you're nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you've got you know you could appeal to five year old all the way up to a stone thirty year old. You know that's the beauty of Chichichong, and I don't know how it happens. It just happens that it's five year olds or the head of the philosophy department, yeah. University of Montreal. Yeah, right. It's the same same nerve. Yeah, it's the same nerve. So it you did the, the same nerve. So the all right. So did Adler produce all those records? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so all the way through, you did. Uh, well, how many? How, let's see, how many records was the total? Like six, nine, I believe. I think nine. So all the way up through that uh, Sweeping Beauty, Up in Smoke, but that's a was, was, that's a soundtrack. That's a soundtrack. So one, two, three, four, five, and then you did Let's Make a Dope Deal. Yep. 1980 and yes. greatest hits and then get out of my room. Eight. Well, get out of my room was the only one Lou never produced. Yeah. Right. It was after we left. So all these albums became, you know, pretty gold records, right? No, they were all gold records. So yeah. you guys were the hottest Platinum. comedy thing. Because, like, I'm looking at that. 1971, the first Cheech and Chong. I don't think Class Clown comes out till 72, yeah, right? Yeah. So we, you, were the, we were the first ones. And then it was us and Carlin and Lily Tomlin. Right. And and Richard Pryor started making records then. Now, when you how what, what was your history at the comedy store? We never went to the comedy store. Why she got a picture of you up there? Yeah, uh, oh, eventually. No, ev- after when we had Up and Smoked the movie. Yeah. Came went, out. Oh, we you went put, back to do a. We, we had split with Adler, and we were looking for work. Really, so you're doing we, the main room over there. And so uh, we did a week. Yeah. We did a week at. Okay, the, the okay. Store. So you never had to deal with the the thing over there, but no. you knew Pryor, right? <laughs> yeah, I knew Pryor from. Uh, I was always big fan. Yeah, and but I knew Pryor from Vancouver when I was writing for this magazine called Poppin. Right. And they said Richard Pryor's at the cave or Izzy's. He was at Izzy's. Yeah. The other, there's two nightclubs right. in the cave. And he says, go on and interview him. So I go, okay. So I go down and see his show. And, blah, 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 and he gets fired the next day for saying something that he didn't want to hear. And so I go to visit him in his hotel room in Vancouver. And he was cool. He was, <laughs> he was in bed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. just finished working some chick. They were yeah. sitting over there. And, and I started interviewing him and, yeah. told him and he was really into the interview he talked about this and yeah. that and the other hey, well thank you very much and we printed the interview you can find it yeah. and remember he was playing at the Bitter End West mm-hmm. and we, I, I was down there almost every day we both were we, he, he played at the Bitter End West yeah. and 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 Bo, with Bo Diddley, yeah, Bo, Bo Diddley was opening for him, and the and the bass player was J D. Souther, and the drummer no, J D. Souther was the drummer, and the bass player was Glenn Fry of the Eagles, and we saw him every day. So, hey, remember me? I was from, oh yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I got a comedy team. Oh yeah, that, yeah. that's good. You know? yeah, yeah. And then and then a really really nice man. I got a message from him one time for, when I put out Born in East L A. Oh yeah yeah. And he calls me. I, I I wasn't there at the house, but he leaves this message. I was oh man, I, I went to see this movie. I didn't I didn't really expect much, but I really dug it. It was really cool, man. Was, you know Richard and I, hey, well, let's get together. Yeah and yeah. And then he died. You know. So when okay, so you guys now you got you you hit the road on the first record. 
And yeah. you, you're going, and that's full on, right? Yeah. And you had to figure it out. How are you going to make those sounds? How are you going to make all that No, shit? no, we had we had a live act. We had a stage act first. We had it, we always had a stage act. We never even attempted to do but the when, Oh, but I mean, but I mean, when you were expected to do Dave's Not Here. Well, not really. No, yeah. no? No, no. We, we just we, started doing it lately. We, we... We did it one time. What, like recently? <laughs> we did it one time at the Roxy with... Uh, no, it wasn't at the Roxy. It was the Bitter End East. That we did the Dave's Not Here. We in tried the, it. In the dark. In the dark, yeah. yeah. And it, it wasn't that great. Mm. Well, they didn't know it yet because that album was just out. Yeah. Yeah. And so so we we we, we never even... We we separated. We had a stage act. We had right. a, we had a record. Right, right. So you you act. weren't too hung up on you know the not sound effects. Or, no, uh, no, no, not at all. No, no. And people no. dug it. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And then be, oh, but basketball Jones was big too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you, did you get a band for that? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Lou Adler would do the music, and he pulling favors uh, out of his hat. Yeah, know? yeah. The guys that were in the next studio was like George Harrison. <laughs> Hey George, come here. Over here. <laughs> Who George, played on it? George Carole Harrison. <laughs> George right. Harrison yeah. played on basketball. Carole, yeah, he's that he, the lead he, guitar. Yeah, he George did, Harrison. Yeah, he did the intro. Yeah. <laughs> intro. Tom Scott. Oh, those are nice golds. I'll have to need those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Carol King over, comes over to play piano. Goes. Those aren't the chords to Love Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, and you're I'll just be... meeting all those guys. No, we knew. Yeah, well, no, they were always in the studio Around, hanging oh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And George Harrison had a record company there, Dark Horse, yeah. at the A&M lot, yeah, so yeah. we hung with him all the time. Oh, really? Good uh, guy? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Got good weed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Beetleweed. Beetleweed. Yeah. All right, so you do the the movie. The first movie was amazing. The best line in that movie, though, for me, yeah, you just took more acid than anyone I've ever seen. <laughs> what are you doing for the next month? <laughs> I hope you're not busy for the. <laughs> well, that was part of our stage act, so we were trying to figure out how to. Now we had oh, to reconvert the stage act to movies. Oh boy! And so we had to make up. So you know, that was funny. It was man. the same process as the records. Okay, yeah, we yeah. had some things we were going to work, and some things we just had to make up for. Sure. For, but once we got to movies, that was it for me. I mean, I was like, "This is this is the guitar." Yeah. We should be playing this guitar all the time. The this movies. Is what, this is what we do. We're great on the, on this one because it uses everything we could do. And you were you guys were fucking huge. No one was bigger than you. Yeah, yeah. I'm at that time, you know. Yeah. But it was you know it was funny because we, we came out with a record, and then the records went ah, and it was stage act. We're always working stage. We had yeah. Big concert, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know after a while, it was sixth, seventh album. Yeah, started sure. going down, and just as it started like getting a little seedy, we got in the movies, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then uh, the well, movie, we didn't want to uh, do Australia. <laughs> we had done Australia three times, and I said, I don't want to go back. You don't want to end up there. No, no, what happens is that you lose summer. Yeah, yeah. See, you're there for for their winter, and right. then you're back here for our winter, and then you're there for their winter, and you're back here for our winter. We we, we lost three summers. Yeah, so you didn't want to have to do Australia. Yeah, yeah. 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 But we had, that, to, we, were bunch, we had to be on the road because we had any big money because you know, we, were, we were broken up with Adler, and that was costing us a lot of yeah. money in, in lawsuits. Really? Like, oh, yeah. What you, know, you guys? What, how, what do you mean? Was not you, you couldn't just say we're done? What he? Had, what? How many more records did you have? Did you have on contract? No, it was the movies uh, that we were signed for, like six, seven movies. What that was? Some. I mean, so some, he came after you. No, he didn't want. No, to. no. We 
We, well, it's it's really confidential. Okay, you know, okay, so, that's fine. So that's it fine. was just a lot we of broke shit. up. Just show a lot of shit that happened. You and Adler broke and, up, and we're back together. We're back with Adler. Oh yeah, we do stuff with Adler all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened with you guys though? Because it was that volatile. Was that a, like yeah? <laughs> what? It always was. We're always arguing. But no. But how did you end up like? How did it end up stopping? I mean, what happened? Well, you know us. We're not like best friends. Oh, you guys must be best friends. You know each you other forever. Yeah, yeah. We were brothers. So you can fight with your brother, sure, you know, sure. but he's still your brother, sure. I mean, right, that, right, and that's right. really the kind of the connection we have, you know. Right, right, right. So it got—I don't know—you you, you come to a point where you just don't want to hear what the other guy has to say, you know. <laughs> Both of us, you know. Kind of. Well, I, I think what happened is that Cheech got divorced, and I was part of the divorce settlement. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you get Chong, <laughs> and I get the house. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good deal. <laughs> So when you guys broke up, though, or whenever you had the fight, yeah, or yeah. where you stopped working together, yeah. you know, was it was it like we're not talking to each other? Yeah, kind yeah. of. Yeah, and you started doing TV. Is that about? The I time? started. I did another movie. Yeah, the Born in East LA. Right. Because I had done the record and then, sure, and then sure. got offered country to do this. Over. Is that what pissed you off or no? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah was, totally. Because yeah, you yeah. know we had we had done everything else. You know, right. You know, I directed uh, all the other movies. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And and and. Uh, I, I thought we had a deal. You know, I thought we had a, a thing going, you know. Yeah. And then uh, Cheech came to me and he said, uh, you know, I got an offer to do another movie. I'm going to do it. And yeah. I said, well, then. Fuck you. Yeah. yeah. See you later. <laughs> see you later. Okay, I'll see you. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you do that. You do TV. And, yeah. and when did you guys, uh, you know, wh what was the, uh, how did you guys make up? Well, we tried before, yeah. before that. The timing was off, you know. Yeah. There was a time when, when Cheech, uh, we we almost got back together a couple of times. Yeah, but I was going in another direction at the time, and he was going to, you know. And then we we never really rushed. Right. You mean you were becoming an activist more? Or? No, no. I was uh, for first of all, I, I went. It took me a couple of years sitting around trying to figure out what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. I put a band together for a minute. And yeah, I sure didn't want to do that. And then I uh, st I started doing stand up. I, 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 no, actually, I remember you were touring. I mean, I, I used to I started, do the same clubs uh, as you do. Uh, Dennis Miller. I, went, yeah. I was in Vancouver in 1991 for yeah. New Year's. Yeah. And uh, and I I happened to be at the same club as Dennis Miller. Yeah. <clears throat> and I said, what you up to? And he said, well, you know, I, I, I'm doing stand-up. I'm doing working tomorrow at this club. And I yeah. said, oh, I'll, I'll come down and see you. So I went down, and he's, he's a real funny little guy, you know. He's in the dressing room, and he's kind of pacing back yeah. and forth and he said to me he says uh, so i went backstage and he, he said to me he says do you uh do you do you get nervous before you go on and and i hadn't been on for for about five six years yeah yeah, yeah. on stage and i said alone yeah mm -hmm. and i says no you know i, I kind of smiled <laughs> at him and then he he had to be alone you know so yeah, yeah. then i sit in the audience and he gets on stage and he and he's doing the thing and he and he started doing kind of like Cheech and chong kind of dope yeah. things you yeah. know and halfway through he goes what am i doing <laughs> I mean, you know, he was so so out of his, his yeah, yeah, realm yeah. you know and and i just watched him and i just I, I, I said, I got to do this. Yeah. I got to do this you yeah. know i got to get that mic i got to get on stage and i got to do it yeah. and so I think I think as soon as I got back to LA, I started. I I went on the first time I went on stage was the night after Rodney King got beat, mm -hmm. and that was my first bit. I had really? I had my little sports jacket on, you know. I get on stage and 
and I start doing a bit about uh, Rodney King, uh, the mothers of the cops. Yeah, you know, they're excited that their son's on TV, <laughs> and, and and halfway through my bit, some guy goes, "Hey, where's Cheech?" Yeah. <laughs> and I looked down at him, and I said, "Oh, I got work to do." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and did- so then the next night, I think it was the next night. I I got five minutes at the the Laugh Factory, and Kennison heard that I was on stage, and he was a big fan. Oh, and right away, you know, I mean, he took over. And there's a guy on stage, people just quit looking at him, they're looking around, and Kennison, and I says, are you going to do some times in? He says, for you, I'll do it, I'll do it. He gets on stage, and he gets gets up there, and people start leaving. Hey, don't walk out on me, you cunt, you whore, you bitch, you you pussy. (laughs) (laughs) But Kennison and I ended up working some gigs together. We did a New Year's Eve gig together, and we did a... And he wanted to go out to Screech and Chong. Screech and Chong. <laughs> yeah. But was it, what, did you, like, when you were doing solo, I mean, did you miss him? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I, did, I would phone him sometimes from yeah. the stage. From the stage, yeah. So yeah. you guys started to get along again that way? No, not really. <laughs> not really. He wasn't that thrilled to hear me. Uh, yeah. for, I'm on for, stage right now, man. Yeah. yeah. We'd sit hey. there and listen to him in bed. Yeah. My wife and I would come on the phone and they yeah. would be, you know, the recording. They would be recording. And the first couple times I got up and answered. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Hey, man. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah. And so then, then he kept recalling. No, we just don't know we're not going to do it. <laughs> Yeah. The uh, the audience would say, "Say hi to Cheech, everybody! Hi, Cheech!" So you hear that on the machine? Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 We've been my wife and I'd be laying in bed because <laughs> it was you know like twelve then, o'clock uh, at night. Then I then I just I just went on the road yeah. and I, then I got I didn't like being alone. Yeah, you know you're so vulnerable, you know, because you got people. Hey, come on, I'm taking you somewhere. Oh yeah, no, you yeah. Know, you're, you go, you're, oh, you're in the trailer. You got the, yeah. You got no choice, you know. And, yeah. and I stayed at the comedy condo a sure. few times, and it was like. It was hell. But that must have been a, a pretty humbling experience to be, you know, as popular as you guys were. I mean, you know, comedy superstars. Mm-hmm. Then you choose to do a solo act. Because I remember when you were going around, I'd go around, I'd see you on the schedule. Yeah. And then you're doing that, you know, you, you're back in that. Yeah. I mean, you, you're probably at a place where you weren't since you were in music. You, you literally, like, yeah. staying, like, you know, in the comedy condo with the other guy. And there's, you know, I loved kind of, it. Oh, you did? But you loved didn't like being alone. He liked prison. I knew he'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 loved, I loved every minute of it. I just didn't like being vulnerable, right? Yeah, you yeah. know, and so then I I got a gig in Guam, yeah. You know, and so I said, told my wife, I says, "Come on, let's go." And she goes, "I don't want to go." And I yeah. said, "Why not?" And she goes, ah, "I don't want to just Guam. sit there and wait for you." Yeah, you know, and and so I said, "Well, how about if I put you in the show?" And she's an actress, you yeah. Know? She her eyes lit up. Said, "Okay, yeah." And that's <laughs> and so, I, so I put her. Can in I the sing? Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, yeah, she would sing. She would sing. Up and smoke. She oh really? Up smoke. Oh, oh my god! And it was like it was like it was a struggle. Oh, you know? baby. But the rest of the audience would sing along too. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, but what was, so Cheech, I mean, what was your feeling when he was going through this? Did you feel like, oh man, Tommy's struggling or anything like that? Or no, I I would hear about him doing uh, you know gigs and that he was. Dude, and but I, I was I was very busy, you know, yeah. doing other stuff and sure. getting my whole trip yeah. together. And, yeah, yeah. and it was like after after Born East LA, which was a it was a hit and yeah. everything. But I thought, well, I'm on my way. And then, zoomp, Universal came to me, which put out Born East LA. Says, oh, we really love what you're doing, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and we want you to be part of this family and blah blah blah. And, and we really understand. I said, well, already right, I got this other idea here. With, uh, no, we want you to do this movie with you and a dog. Well, that's not what I. You know, I was supposed to be Woody Allen, not yeah. me and a dog. Yeah. And 
And so I I turned it down, and then no really, and then then nothing. That's all I got. I have to get some other gig, and you know, in Hollywood, you go start to develop stuff, yeah, and it takes a long time to develop it, and you go down blind alleys, yeah, and then it stops, and you go, oh fuck, I got to walk all the way back, yeah, and and that a year has gone by, right, and so years gone by. Then I did a couple gigs, different different gigs, and then uh, then I wasn't working, yeah, and then I wasn't working for, and I was like, yeah, fuck, man, this is. Then I started getting movies. Yeah, in, in a row. Yeah, uh, I got uh, the uh, golf uh, movie. No, this was before that. It was yeah. it, I started working with Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because he was a fan, you know, yeah, and he yeah. came and I, I met dude. him when he first came to town. They said, oh, "I'm this young movie maker." And I said, hey, well, I want you to be in my movie. So, well, when you get a budget, you yeah, know, <laughs> give me <laughs> yeah. give me a call. He gives me a call. He says, "I want you to be in this movie, Desperado. Come oh, yeah, on down." Yeah. You know, so I was in then a movie Desperado and then I did another movie that he wrote but didn't direct it called A White Man I uh, know uh, The Great White Hype yeah that Ron Ron Shelton no yeah. Ron Shelton wrote it but who did it oh Reggie Hudlin uh, directed it but and so then and and then uh, uh, I got the I got Tin Cup which Ron Shelton yeah. wrote and directed yeah. you know like oh wow Boom, and then oh, and I made a big movie. It was a big hit. Oh, this is great. And then Don Johnson and I, he was on. The, and I had yeah. known him for a long time. Yeah. And he says, "I'm doing this TV show. I want you to be in it." And yeah. You know, so went from the set of Ten Cup to the set of Nash Bridges, and I was there for the next six years. It's interesting though. You get this opportunity as being a big comedy force because I mean, Kennison ran into the same trouble. They're like, "Yeah, we want you to do a dog movie," yeah. and then then Kennison had that opportunity to be Nanook. With some goof movie that he blew, and that was he's like fuck it, and that was the end of his movie wow. thing too. That you, you don't want to sell it, you know. You got a limit. The you thing got a in, limit. in movies is that I don't care who you are, I don't yeah. care if you're fucking Spielberg. Or, yeah, you, know, you have to reinvent the wheel every single time. Yeah, and they come in. You know, all these great directors at the end of, this, end of their career, they can't get any movie finance. Kurosawa or Ford, Francis sure. Ford Coppola or anything you know, because yeah, that's not what the kids are buying today. Right. They want that. Can can you be it on a spaceship? Can, yeah, this, yeah, can yeah. the Godfather on in outer space? How about yeah. that? You know, and, <laughs> and you know, you, so it's always a struggle to. So you were just after both of you after everything that happened in your lives, you ended up just sort of you know working. Yeah, yeah. And then what? You you opened up the business that got you into trouble. When did the that happen? The bong business. Yeah. Well, that it was, was actually my son's business. Yeah. I, you know, I was just a front man. You know, I was just a pitcher. And you ended up, you know, taking a hit because yeah, yeah, yeah made yeah, an well, example of they 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 wanted to make it <laughs> yeah they needed a name yeah you know and that's so, not the kind of marquee attention you want right well you know it's funny I, I was talking to the 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 film the guy that did the documentary yeah Josh Gilbert yeah a week before I got busted I told Josh I, said, I, I need something to revitalize my career you yeah know, some gimmick yeah and a week later I got busted yeah should have come out that was it you got <laughs> That, that, was, that was the hook. And, and that's what did it. Yeah. It revitalized my career. Yeah, yeah. Gave me a whole 10 years of material. How know? much time did you do? I did nine months. Was it bad? No, it was great. Yeah. People like you in prison? He went to Camp Cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> did he? It, was, yeah. it wasn't, it was federal prison, but it wasn't, it wasn't. It, a, was, a, it was a retreat, really. Yeah. 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 I, I, so I spent, you got in shape? I spent more time in uh, the sweat lodge. and. You know, oh, really? And I, and I had, you talk about pottery, the the, the head of the gardener <laughs> yeah. found a big chunk of clay mm -hmm. and, and he, they built a little 
station for me out out in the garden. Yeah. And I'd go out there every day and just play in the clay and make bongs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> were you guys in touch when he was in uh -huh. prison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were working on a movie before yeah. I guess busted because periodically we would try to re yeah. redo the th thing and then we'd always come arguing and, ah, fuck yeah. you, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we were working on a movie when, right when he got busted. Yeah. He says, I got to go away for a little while. I'm going to go on vacation. Yeah. Where are you, in the Bahamas? No, Taft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so he yeah, went yeah. to Taft, and so I go to visit him, yeah. and uh, uh, and uh, waiting for him to get out. Yeah. And so, so what do you what, now? Where are we at now with you guys? What are you up to? We're we're working on our live show with uh, War and, and Tower of Power. And Tower of Power. We just started doing a bunch of that, and it's going great. We just played the Greek uh, Saturday night. Oh yeah, yeah. We got tremendous reviews yeah, everything's yeah. good you know it's, yeah. it's, it's almost like a a play yeah because yeah. you know, we integrate with the band yeah yeah we do st bits with them both of them uh -huh. and our bits in between yeah, and, the great, and the great thing about it is that because you have so many people you can you only have time for your greatest hits sure sure and sure. so so you don't have to sit through a lot of boring oh, shit fucking, you know? it's great man and, and you do a new record or no uh, no, we haven't not really. Uh, not really thought we'll, about. We'll it. probably do a TV show, maybe. Oh or yeah, a movie we're or? we're looking at. Uh, we we got a few options. You there know, might be okay. a documentary. Coming. Okay. I okay. think I think what what's evolving now, you know, is that there's a f few things that we can't do yeah. again you know yeah. which is you can't be yelling again yeah, yeah. you can't do it the first time yeah, again yeah. you know that's you done. can only do that three times yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, you know and. Yeah. And and the great thing about Cheech and Chong is that every time we 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 break new ground. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like we did just now with Tower of Power. Okay, you know? that's a and great show. Yeah. I mean, everybody is there. We're we're playing like six, seven thousand, five thousand seats. I'm packing them, selling them out, yeah. and it's great. And yeah. and people stay to the very end. Uh, and and it's like. Yeah, that's unbelievable that's a blast so you yeah. guys are working you're having a good time yeah, yeah. you're in good health yeah and we're looking at projects you know yeah yeah but, well. but, but we're looking at them with uh with without any desperation yeah, yeah. we we got to really want to do it, and the right one will come along and you yeah. got wisdom now yeah. and, and you guys yeah. are back on track you seem to yeah. be getting along yeah well it's great it was an honor to talk to you uh, our pleasure yeah i'm hungry all right well, i know some mexican places okay <laughs> okay man take care How amazing was that? How amazing was Cheech and Chong? Huh? Did you even assume that story? Could you even have even known that story? Huh? Could you? I don't think so. That was a, 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 a spectacular treat for me to talk to those guys. I will be home on Monday. On Monday, I talk to David Sedaris. Next Thursday, I talk to Nick Cave. Go to WTF Pod for all your WTF Pod needs. I put the mug and the coffee deal up there. I, I had a potter. The guy who makes the mugs that I give to guests on the show made me a bunch, and I didn't even announce it, and they're already gone. So I'm making more of those for you. You can go look at them and get excited about them if you want. Leave a comment, kick in a few shekels, buy some merch, do what you got to do. Check the schedule, check the calendar, check the episode guide, do what you got to do. Oh, my God. I love Sudafed. Boomer lives! <laughs> <laughs>